Hi, I'm Caden Primo, and you're listening to History in the Making podcast. The Montreal Canadiens select. The Montreal Canadiens are proud to select. Jesperi Kotkanemi. Ryan Paling. Cole Caulfield. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of History in the Making, the official podcast of the Montreal Canadiens, focused on the future of the most storied franchise in pro sports. History in the Making is brought to you by Tricolor Sport, Montreal's official team store. From lifestyle brands to jerseys and beyond, Tricolor Sport has a style for every sports fan in your life. Head to tricolorsport.com right now and use coupon code HISTORYCH10 at checkout to receive 10% off your Tyler DeFoley or Josh Anderson order. Visit tricolorsport.com today. We'll be joined by our guest, and um, he's one of the more interesting guys when it comes to, well, I mean, all goaltenders are really interesting. But Caden Primo represents uh, the future of the goaltending in Montreal, and he's one of their most exciting prospects. So he's currently the number one goaltender for the Laval Rocket, and the Rocket are playing really, really well. It, I, I'm going to ask him, are you bored right now? Because, you know, simply put, the Joel Bouchard system is working very well in Laval, and Caden um, Primo is a big part of that, too. He is, he represents... Um, you know, starter potential. That's what I see in Caden Primo. I don't want to compare him to anyone in the NHL because that's unfair. But uh, if you watch him play his style, how calm he is, reminds you of a certain someone. So that'll be fun. We'll get to Caden Primo. Um, but first, as per usual, we're going to do our mailbag and our prospect update. We're going to kind of wrap it all up in one uh, this week because all the mailbag questions are about Cole Caulfield. Uh, did Cole F Caulfield score yet? Yes. Um, is Caulfield NHL ready? Eh, we'll see. Um, how many Rocket Richard trophies will Cole Caulfield win? Again, we'll see. But um, the fun part here is that Cole Caulfield, essentially, this has been mission accomplished for him in the, in the uh, NCAA this season. He, in his 2-1 win, there was a 2-1 win recently. Uh, they beat Michigan State. And the key there is that Wisconsin, oh, by the way, he scored both goals of course. Um, the first goal, the epitome of a goal scorer's goal. The, the goalie was set. There was almost no angle. It was just this perfect shot that, uh, you know, this guy is really finding those needles in a haystack. It's just absolutely ridiculous how he can score. But um, the key thing here isn't his goals. If we flash back, the first episode we ever recorded of this podcast was with Cole Caulfield. And we were just kind of having a ca casual conversation. And I remember saying, hey, man, you won this, this, this in your first year. Are you happy? And he said, absolutely not. He doesn't care about the accolades, which he'll get many this year. But to him, the disappointing part was that Wisconsin finished last. Um, this year, they won the Big Ten. And that was very important to Cole Caulfield. It's also very important for prospects to get that winning mentality. It's not always within their power to control it. But, um, you know, the earlier the win, the more you get that in your brain, the more you get addicted to winning. And that's what you want Cole Caulfield to have. So if we flash back, he, he will, you know, you, we have video of him saying, I don't care about the goals. I want us to win. They won. Um, another thing, if we flash back again, he was saying, I know not all my goals in my first year will actually go in on NHL goaltenders. So I'm working on my shot. He was actually not disappointed in his shot, but um, he, he, he was doing everything he could this summer to strengthen it, which is, you know, goes to show how smart he is. He, he has the best shot outside of the NHL, right? Hands down. And he knew that a lot of them were going in on NCAA goaltenders that wouldn't go in on NHL goaltenders. So um, this year, if you break it down, if you look at his goals, 
these will go in against NHL goaltenders. They go in against two NHL goaltenders. They'd go in against, a, a, you know, remember that time that they tried to put a sumo goal in there? Actually, George Perro scored on that guy, so that doesn't matter. But, um, you know, these are NHL caliber goals. So, again, he checked that mark box. Not only did they win the Big Ten, uh, his goals are NHL caliber. And finally, if we watch his overall play, this guy's back-checking. He, he, he's really, really working hard to... Um, put together a complete game because we know offense is key. And, and I'll say it right now. Cole Caulfield could score an NHL power play. As simple as that. There's no, you know, debate. He would absolutely score an NHL power play right now. But you need that ice time. You need that five-on-five five ice time. You need to gain that trust from your coach. And to do that, you need to have a complete game. And that's what we saw in NCAA this year. Uh, Cole Caulfield really really working on his complete game, a lot of ferocious back-checking, a lot of really good defensive positioning, blocking off passing lanes. Um, and also, his playmaking, which people seem to forget that he's a really good playmaker. Yeah, okay, he scores a goal every game or maybe sometimes four goals every game, but uh, this guy is a really good playmaker as well. So the final tally, what do we have here? Um, what did he finish with? 25 goals and 21 assists in 40, uh, sorry, in 28 games. So that's 46 points in 20, 28 games. Um, some context on that. There is a tool that nerds like I use and it's called the NHL equivalency. So it's how many points, how many, you know, how many of your points would translate to the NHL. So um, his point total, which uh, again, 46 points, 28, the NHL E equivalency would translate to a production of 45 points in 82 games. So essentially half in a game, that's just his production from this year those aren't guaranteed numbers. It just kind of gives you an idea of if he was a rookie in the NHL, how many points he'd get. And if it's upwards of 40, that's a really good sign. Again, no guarantee. If you want some more content, Nick Goodhoe finished his second year. Uh, it was Boston college. He finished with 1.45 points per game. Really good. Um, Thomas Vanek finished with 1.34 points per game. Again, really good. That was with the university of Minnesota in his second year. Cole Caulfield finished with 1.64 points per game. Um, and that's a significant increase on those other two very good players we just mentioned, those, 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 you know, snipers, essentially. And in my opinion, slam dunk for the Hobie Baker Award. I mean, the, you know, if you want to talk about most valuable player, this is a guy that went back and committed and, and, and he didn't drag his team to the Big Ten. There are a, a lot, you know, there's a lot of good players on Wisconsin. Obviously, he's their MVP. Obviously, he's their, uh, you know, their game breaker. And obviously, how fans are excited. And there's for good reason. Never seen a prospect like this, not just in the Canadians uh, prospect pool system, but that's true. But just in the NHL, like as a whole, we've never seen a guy like this score so many goals. There were so many excuses created. First, it was all Hughes. Then it was all power play. Then it was all schedule. Listen, he scored no matter what at every level. Um, I think at this point, the excitement level is justified by has fans. Don't let people tell you, you can't get excited because he hasn't scored in the NHL yet. Guess what? No prospect that's outside of the NHL has scored in the NHL yet. That's how it works. Um, he's done everything the Canadians have asked from him. So it'd be really exciting to see what his next step is. We'll be back with our guest, Katie Primo, uh, starting goaltender for the Laval rocket. And we'll get in that chat right around the corner. Get your Petri jersey right now at TricolorSpall.com where you can find the brand new gorgeous reverse retro jerseys. That's TricolorSpall.com for all your future Norris Trophy winner, Jeff Petrie, memorabilia needs.
I'm here with our guest, Caden Primo, silver medalist at the World Junior Championship. Uh, one, if not the youngest goaltender to ever sign out of the NCAA. Uh, let's list some accolades before we even get to you, Caden. Um, NCAA, NCAA East first All-American team, All-Tournament team, champion, first All-Star team, three stars award, tournament MVP, top collegiate goalie. That's the Mike Richter award. And you made the all-rookie team last year. So my question to you, Caden, is how happy are you that you don't have to see my face after every practice every morning? <laughs> yeah, you were definitely the one asking the hard-hitting questions. So it's uh, it's definitely nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, for those that haven't been paying attention to Rocket, like last year, you guys left. I don't know if you remember. Um, we're recording this a couple of days before it goes on air, but it was actually a year to the day that the Rocket played their final game. Do you remember that game against Belleville? Yeah, um, it was a it was a really good game, and I uh, I do remember because I got a shutout. So those are always definitely nice. Three zero shutout, right? Yeah. So how did you guys maintain the momentum? There's been a lot of turnover. Like you guys, in my opinion, are a really good team. Um, how did you guys maintain the momentum from last year to this year? Well, we. Uh, you know, right at the end of the year, we had, um, you know, a good run. We were uh, doing really well. Um, I think we were six and one or something like that in the last seven games. Um, and so uh, we had that, we kind of have that same core group coming back this year. Um, so uh, we just kind of gelled together and, and kind of went back at it as if, uh, you know, it was last year. So, um and then also, I think our conditioning is is been very very good, um, which is a testament to the coaching staff and um, everyone behind the scenes. Now, speaking of shutouts, let's go back to that real quick. Do you remember your first shutout, in uh, your first pro shutout? Um, I think it was uh, Lehigh. I'd have to. Yes, there you go. It's Bridgeport. Um, it was hockey fight cancers night. Uh, fights cancer night. Uh, it was a three zero win and your mother and your father were in attendance that night. Right. Yeah. How amazing is it to be able to turn around and be like, Hey guys, like this is the fruit of your work. Like how awesome was it to have them in attendance for, for your first pro shout out? Yeah. I mean, um, they've followed me and, and my, my brother for that matter, um, around the globe. So um, you know, having that support is, uh, it's definitely huge. Um, can't thank them enough. And yeah, to have them there is, uh, yeah, it just means the world. Now we often speak about your father. What about, what role did your mother have, um, growing up involved in hockey? Was she the one that was, was she the one taking you to those awful tournaments way too early while you slept in the back seat? Or, or like, can you just explain a little bit the role of your mother in this, uh, getting you to this point? Oh yeah. She's been the biggest cheerleader. Um, she follows us everywhere. Um, it's funny because when my, uh, my parents go to my brother's game, she'll put my games on her phone and, and, and watches both. Um, or if she's at one of my games, she'll put my brother's game on. So, um, yeah, she's always watching. She's always making sure, uh, she's, she's up to date on what we're doing. Um, but growing up, yeah, she followed us everywhere. Um, she came along, along with the ride and, uh, you know, early on my dad was playing. Um, and so she, uh, you know, definitely 
credit to her. She took care of four kids all on her own uh, when my dad was, uh, you know, gone on the road for uh, a road trip or something like that. I know the feeling. My mother did the same thing. She took care of four kids and they're all like me. Um, so thankfully you were probably a little more, a little calmer growing up, but at that game, that three zero game, my producer Safia went up to your father and asked him very nicely. Can you move seats? Cause we just want to get a shot of you for RDS. They were doing a special and your father refused. Now it wasn't, it wasn't a malicious reason. Your father, once he picks a seat, he sticks to that seat. So very superstitious. You're a goalie. We know you guys, I don't want to say weird, but I was a goalie too. So yeah, we're weird. Do you have any of those superstitions that your father has? Or, or is that just not in your, your game plan? Uh, I mean, yes, but having almost a year off, I kind of forgot some of them, which is a good thing. Ah. Um, because at, at a point they can start to, you know, run your life on, uh, especially on game day. So um it was definitely good to get out of that habit but there's definitely some things that uh i mean i put on um my uh gear from right to left which i think a bunch of guys do um and then i do the same thing when i go out for uh the beginning of a period or stuff like that so um but yeah, you're not, not like not you're not talking to your posts like luango right you're not like uh yeah, exactly. thanking them and petting them or anything right no no. Do you still have that tattered undershirt, that stinky, ripped up, tattered undershirt? It doesn't stink, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not uh, all put together. Credit to the equipment staff. Uh, you know, they, they, they're doing a good job keeping it together. Now, um, we talk about, we often ask you or, or defensemen about goaltenders, goaler, goaltenders about defensemen. You have a unique view of what's going on. Listen, for those who haven't had a chance, the Rocket are, 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 are flying right now. Uh, pun intended, I guess. I mean, the offense is really on a roll. They're doing a pretty good job mitigating shots as well, uh, defensively speaking. Can you tell me, as a goalie, because you have that unique angle, why is like what what's making the offense work? What is driving, um, you know, all those shots? And also, are you bored? That's my other part of the question. <laughs> no, um, because uh, I mean, even though the shots. Um, are, are usually lower for us, uh, like uh, on the defensive side. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're not in our zone. It just means that the guys are keeping them to the outside and, um, you know, blocking shots when, when need be. So I'm definitely getting work, um, but I might not necessarily end up having to make the save. Um, but, yeah, the offense has been flying, um, which uh, definitely stems from the breakouts. I mean, uh, when guys come back and um, – you know, or supporting the puck, it just makes everything so much easier. And, and then uh, our speed is uh, second to none. So um, we just get flying for sure. You heard them kids, the puck support there. So all, you know, that whole story about good, good defense leads to offense is so true in hockey, right? Caden, you see it. So um, the key here, not just puck support is giving them options, right? When I watched Laval rocket play, the breakout has a lot of options. Is that, just talent or is that really drilled into you guys from the coaching staff to give your defensemen a lot of support? No, it's definitely drilled in from the uh, coaching staff. Uh, you want to always give guys as many options as possible. So um, real quick, we're going to tie a bow on, on, on the father subject. If he was on a breakaway against you, okay. 
Who would score? At nine out of, let's say, out of 10 opportunities, how many times would you stop your father on a breakaway right now? 10 out of 10 right now. Okay. <laughs> Oof. Um, but he can still, he still has that accuracy, right? NHL players don't lose the accuracy, eh? Yeah. So he used to, uh, up until a couple of years ago, he still would come out and uh, shoot on me for my uh, goalie skates. And yeah, he, he would really bother me because he would score. And when I like went back and fo- like went back on it, I was he, like, he could place it, but his shot wasn't that hard. So like, that was like a hard dynamic for me to like figure out and understand was like, okay, like I can like track it the whole way, but it's just, give, you give him a centimeter, he'll, he'll, he'll put it in. Yeah. And that's what Mario Lemieux always said, right? It's all about accuracy over and obviously speed of release. So what about when your father was in his prime? How many, how many breakaways would you have stopped out of 10? Uh, I don't know. Maybe if he was shooting, it would be uh, like a, I'll give myself the benefit of the doubt. You would give yourself a six. Yeah. Yeah. A six, seven. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if he had uh, if he starts to deep. So yeah, exactly. All right. Well, fair enough. We'll just we'll just put it out there. Uh, big headline: Caden Primo would stone his father on breakaways. <laughs> we'll go with that. And if anyone else complains, they'll have to listen to it. Um, I know you read a lot of psychology books, right? First of all, are you reading anything in particular right now, Caden? Um, not right now. I uh, was reading. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. That's fine. You can tell us like what it, roughly what it was about. Um, it was just about how you're like how uh, changing your mindset is um, like one of the biggest things um, because if you're always always negative, then you're gonna have a negative outlook on life. But if you're positive, then you'll have a positive outlook. I love hearing that. Now, here's the other half of my question, which works really well. I wasn't sure what you're reading or what you had just read. What's the most important thing you can do to maintain a healthy mindset as a goaltender, given it's so important to performance? So how do you do it? Like, how do you, let's say you have a bad game. A lot of guys say, oh, you know, he's just not tracking well, or he's just, but how do you get yourself out of that mindset that um, instead of, oh, I could win the next game is I will win the next game. How does that work? Because goalies, I mean, it's all about mindset, right? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is just being real and being honest with yourself. So uh, understanding that, um, like, when, when understanding when you had a bad game or when you didn't feel your best and understanding when uh, you did feel like you played pretty well. So... And then after that, it's about not trying to get too high when you when you did feel when you did feel that you played well, but not getting too low when when you feel like you didn't. So it's staying even keeled um, and yeah, not too high or not getting too low. And another fun because I do dabble in those books. Another way of looking at it that another goaltender told me was, you know, we often look at things and we say, you know, what if this goes wrong? But he was saying one of the things that helped me is that. I, I start thinking this will go right, you know, you know, so instead of looking at the negative, you look at the positive. Now there's been a lot of positives for you. How do you feel your development's gone so far? I know you wanted to work on a few different things. Um, when you first entered the league, where have you gone from that? What have you learned since you've joined the pro leagues and are you satisfied with your development up to date? Uh, yeah. 
Um, I mean, I try to get better every day. That's my, I don't, I don't put any, uh, major, uh, standards or expectations on a year other than to get better every day. So, um, when I'm doing that, it's a success for me. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like I have gotten better every day since I've been here and, um, I'm going to continue to try to get better every day. Uh, so yeah, I'd have to say, uh, I'm happy with, with, uh, how I, uh, have been attacking practice and, and games. We know for anyone that's attended Laval rocket practice, first of all, do they, they make the goalies do the sprints anymore? I know they stopped that at one point last year. Yeah. Well then at the end of the year, we went, we got back into it. Oh no. Um, but then, yeah, we, we do, we did it this year. Oh, okay. Are you allowed to ask them not to do that? Cause I would, that, that feels so painful for a goalie, but I get it when you pull them. Right. That's so when you guys get pulled, is that the point? No, it's uh, so it's a double-edged sword as a goalie. Cause like one, it really doesn't have a benefit for us <laughs> because uh, I mean, I'd rather be doing other, other skating drills that that would be beneficial for the position, but at the other uh, end, the guys are doing it. And, um, you know, it's, it's all about that team and, and coming together as a group. So, um, yeah, you kind of just got to bite the bullet on that one. Yeah, no, it's funny because, and the other part is when someone new joins the team, um, you can tell they're always behind, right? They're right there with the goalies. So when Caden at the beginning of the show talked about conditioning, the way they get the momentum going, that is no joke with the Labat Rocket. Now, speaking of conditioning, I heard a little birdie told me it was my producer, Safi, again, you're addicted to smoothies. Is that it? Like, are you a, you're a smoothie chef? Is that it? I mean, uh, yeah, I like smoothies. Do you, do you put like garbage, like, like vegetables and stuff in them or is it all fruit or yeah. tell me about your smoothie, yeah. uh, your smoothie style? <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's an easy way to pack in a bunch of uh, nutrients and um, nutrition in, in one little uh, concoction. So yeah, I throw in uh, whatever I can. Like kale and stuff like that, or yeah, kale, uh, spinach. So it's not like my delicious fruit smoothies that are totally unhealthy that are just sugar. Then so yours are no. The, no sometimes they're they're good, but sometimes no. It's all for the health. History in the making is brought to you by Tikaros Ball, Montreal's official team store. From lifestyle brands to jerseys and beyond, Tricolas Ball has a style for every sports fan in your life. Head to tricolasball.com and use coupon code HISTORYCH10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. Visit tricolasball.com today. You play at the Bell Center now, which is obviously, for those that don't know, uh, the Laval Rocker actually, the locker room's in a, in a restaurant, right? Like you guys are all kind of scattered in a restaurant. I spoke to a few other players, which makes it different. But you're still playing on the Bell Center ice. Um, you know, there's no fans there, but you still get to look around and see Ken Dryden, Jacques Plante, and all those, not just legends, but heroes uh, for the fans, the community, the city. Do you ever allow yourself, I know you're really even keeled, Caden, but do you ever allow yourself to maybe peer into the future and think, you know, um, hey, there's a lot of energy in this building, even without the fans. Do you ever allow your brain to maybe just kind of picture what the future would look like? Not so much the future, but uh, yeah, when you're sur like surrounded by all those banners or like the, the pictures or the stickers on the wall of, of all these greats, um, it's hard not to be like, wow, this is, this is definitely a once in a 
once in a lifetime opportunity. And um, yeah, so for the first couple of weeks, I was, uh, I was starstruck uh, at, at a building. Um, right. <laughs> so, um, and then now every now and then I'm like, I'm like, this is just unbelievable. So it's definitely uh, cool. And um, that's just another thing in, in the midst of uh, a season like no other, there's still some positives that we can uh, take out of it. Now, let's talk about that. A season like no other. We're lucky. We're so lucky. You're lucky to be playing hockey. I'm lucky to be discussing hockey. We're in a very privileged situation. Um, how has that affected, again, that mindset? Because I know you're all about healthy mind, healthy body. How has that affected your mindset and your preparation in this? Uh, you know, things change every day, right? There's no normal. How has that affected you as a professional athlete? Well, going into it, we, uh, you know, you have to kind of understand that you have to realize that anything could happen at any moment. Um, and we didn't have a schedule after the season had already started. So that was, that was just, um, you know, right there, uh, just showed us that uh, we have to be ready for anything and, uh, you know, we're not owed anything right now. So, um, you know, just take it day by day. And, uh, yeah, so I feel like that's been the biggest, uh, thing to learn. How has the coaching situation been for you? Because right now, Marco's is, is Marco working with you at all? Or is he fully with the Canadians right now? Uh, Marco is like traveling with the Habs, but he, he has been texting me, but I've also been in contact with, uh, Max. Okay. So a, I need to know, um, First of all, actually, I'd like to speak about Burroughs. So we'll get back to Marco and Mark. Uh, and Mark, what was it like having? I know he wasn't your direct coach, but obviously there was a lot of impact with the defenseman. What was it like having Alex Burroughs on the coaching staff? Yeah, uh, he definitely brought a different uh, kind of energy to the guys. Um, he uh, he was all about uh, offense and and um, just a different energy. He was. Uh, um, yeah, he's just a great, he's a great guy. Um, he's always positive and, um, you know, he was having fun. So it's just biggest thing I can say about him was his, uh, his energy. And what about working? Cause I know you worked with Mark um, um, and uh, Sean Burke. Also, I saw him at uh, Place Belle a few times last year, if I remember correctly, he wasn't like, you know, always there, but what was it like having, uh, you know, so many specialists because, I think obviously, you know, goaltending is a pretty intense position, but you know, the more advice, the more input, the better, how has it been like, uh, you know, with having all these people to speak to, to help you guide through your journey as a uh, goaltender? Yeah, it's been great. Um, just having so many, uh, you know, educated people in the goaltending position, um, just, it's been unbelievable. There's been so much help and, I think it's a testament to the Habs and, and how much um, um, how much they're willing to invest in the, in the goaltending position. There's there's so many uh, great goalie minds, um, and so yeah, I've just been trying to pick pick away uh, on and off the ice uh, what um, you know could ultimately help me and and uh, be successful. All right. Um- I, I need a quick answer on that. You face a lot of your teammates in practice. So tell me who has the best shootout move on the team. Best shootout move. Yeah. Like the one that just, you're like, Oh, come on, man. 
Uh, and it could be a try hard too, because I know a lot of these guys like trying hard when it comes to practicing shootouts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say Veyer has my number on the year. Um, but there's quite a few guys that, that have good uh, shootout moves. Who has the worst shootout move? The worst. Otto Leskinen. Yeah, Otto can't. No, even with that, he's got a pretty good shot. But no, he just yeah. can't. No deeks, no nothing, or no. He's no. just got that. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, you actually played with Jordan Harris for one year. Was that is that correct yeah. when you were with Northeastern? Exciting guy, obviously. First of all, do you still follow? I know a lot of you guys. When you, yeah, okay, you're yeah. still a big Northeastern fan. What can you tell us about Jordan Harris? Obviously, he's become a much better player since then, but pretty exciting. And it must be fun playing behind a guy like Jordan Harris, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, he is a more offensive-minded player, but uh, that doesn't take away from his defensive skills. He's he's great in the D zone as well. Um, But yeah, he's definitely uh, an offensive force, um, but he's just solid all around. Now... Um, you in the NCAA, especially in Northeastern, you were surrounded by a lot of smart people, the Habs, a lot of smart people. What's the best piece of advice, coach or other, it doesn't have to be a coach that you've received in your career? Could be about life, could be about, you know, not necessarily hockey, but what's the piece of advice that you hold on to the most and, and you know, almost use on a daily basis? Um, just compete every day. You know, I mean, there's some days where, um, you know, you're not feeling great or, or you're just a little bit tired, but if you just push through it and, and you just compete, um, you know, good things will happen. And that's great advice for not just hockey, um, you know, life right now, especially with how things are changing. Do you ever, okay, I lied. I'm going back to one more question about your dad. Do you ever tease him about the quality of goaltenders back in his day? Cause it's changed a lot. Let's be honest. Like, you know, the pads were smaller guys were scoring from 90 feet out. Um, do you know, you never bother teasing him about no. that? No, because uh, it's all relative. So those guys are so talented, um, and I can't take anything away from that. So um, was, the game has definitely changed, but uh, the skill back then is was just as great. That was a really good answer, because every time we start talking about that, there's so many factors to consider, right? Yeah. So, um, what what's your reaction as a goalie when they say we need to make we need to make the nets bigger to increase scoring? What, like what what goes through your head when you hear that? Uh, I'm more of a, an equipment kind of person. Like you can alter the equipment. Oh yeah. Um, but when it comes to the net, that's it's uh, where I draw the line. Um, it, just in a sense of uh, it could cause injury. At a, at a certain point, uh, you know, if guys are stretching out to make that that la- last effort um, save or whatever. And um, yeah, so that's that's more so why I would uh, why I would say that's not not the best idea. I never thought of that, but you're OK if they but can they shrink goaltender equipment any more than they have? Like, I, I don't think so, but who knows? You know, one way for me to, I always say increase scoring is um, maybe don't worry about the goaltenders as much, you know, that's like, yeah. to me, it's the, the issue is that if it's the forwards are the ones that aren't scoring, right? So let's focus about that. Now, let's talk about blocking shots. I have a theory, Caden, tell me how wrong I am. I think most block shots are bad because you will save the shots you see 
And the ones that get deflected create more of an issue. How wrong, or, or maybe I'm right, but how wrong am I right now? Right to an extent. Okay. So sometimes as a goalie, there's so many like bodies in front. It's the, it's the job of the opposition is to get in front of your eyes so that you can't see it. Like you said, if you see it, you're probably going to save it. Um, so uh, yeah, if a guy can, can block it, then that definitely uh, helps you out if you, if you don't see it. But um, yeah, the other end of that one is uh, if you do see it, if no one's in front of you, they go to block it and it causes a whole bunch of problems. But, um, you know, I, I'd rather be on the safe end and, and get the block. Um, and yeah, it's just, I don't know how the, the forwards do it. I mean, I have a bunch, or the defensemen as well, for that matter. I have a bunch of equipment, and all they have are uh, flimsy shin pads. Poor shins, right? That's all I could think about. But would you, I know this is a crazy concept, because you can't tell defensemen not to block now. Like, it's just, it's in their brain. Do you think we could ever get to a point where we teach defensemen right off the bat, let the goalie take the shot? Would that be something that would maybe help goaltenders long-term? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, because you'd have to go right back to the source, right? Because, I mean, we're taught from the beginning, get yourself in front of that shot. So yeah. what would you say, and I know you don't have the numbers, did you say more goals have been caused by block shots or more saves by block shots? I'd say blocked. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, been, it's been a net positive. More well, saved. Okay. Yeah, 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 for okay, sure. Good. Well, hey, and shout out to the defenseman, which brings us to, I want to talk about Xavier Wallet. You have, uh, you've seen him up close, obviously, captain of the team. Um, he, he's kind of the welcoming committee for new guys. Can you tell me what the value of having a guy like Xavier Wallet patrolling your blue line and defending you uh, night in, night out for 30 minutes a night? Yeah, he, um, he's a great captain. Um, you know, he's, he's a leader for sure. And then having him on the ice, uh, having that, that leadership presence, um, that experience. And, um, you know, when he's on the ice, he, he just makes the right play. Um, so as a goalie, it's, it's definitely, uh, war, um, warming and comforting. Uh, but yeah, just his leadership and, and, um, you know, how he can control, uh, a game or, uh, his blue line is, uh, definitely his, his best attributes. What's the, and, and, you know, I love picking your brain and throwing random questions at you that you often roll your eyes at. And I understand because they're not always great questions. So I apologize for the years of terrible questions. But what do we get wrong about goalies? I feel like you guys are voodoo. And whenever someone asks me, like, hey, what's going on with this guy, that guy, I kind of just shrug my shoulders and say there are good weeks and bad weeks. What do we get wrong as analysts about goalies the most? Because I hear often he's not trying. Is that ever the case? No. Um, I mean, each individual is different, but, uh, I would probably say 99, 98% of the time, the goalie's definitely trying. Um, but the position such a mental game, um, that once you start getting in your head, it, uh, it could all spiral out of control real quick. So, um, I think as a goalie, the best thing to do is, is try to work on the mental side of things. Um, cause that will in turn, uh, change the, your on ice performance, uh, immensely. And finally, I need to ask you, cause there's a big debate in Montreal and there's always a big debate about everything hockey related in Montreal, but goalie pads, would you ever wear bright color? Like there's a lot of people are saying right now, for example, 
Carrie Price's red pads are cursed or, you know, and the numbers are fine with it. His numbers are actually a little higher with the red. Does it matter? The color of pads? Does it make an impact? Does it? I don't know. I personally like a white based uh, yeah. pad. So um... is that to create like an illusion? Because Patrick Roy used to have red and then like a white line right at the middle at the five hole. Is that to create an illusion that there's more open ice or? Uh, maybe if uh, someone looks up uh, for for a quick second or at a glance, they, they see white and, uh, you know, they got to try to, they tighten their grip on their stick trying to get that small um, space. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's You would any never go with the bright yellow Fleury, Marc-André Fleury style pads then, right? No, no. I'm more of a, a white solid uh, base. Perfect. And I actually do have one last question. How do you stay calm when you're facing frozen chunks of vulcanized rubber coming your way at 100 miles per hour like is there any point where you realize like man this is quite the career choice i made here because if i get this wrong Jacques Plant used to say there's a big red light that'll come on and 20,000 people will start either yelling or cheering how do you stay calm in that position well that's just it i uh growing up i, I loved uh and i still love playing under pressure um and yeah, I think that's that's the main reason why I wanted to be a goalie was was the thrill of it. Um, you know, you're the last line of defense. You make or break. Uh, you can make or break a game. Uh, yeah, if you make a nice save, you got all a lot of people cheering for you. But if uh, you let one in, you got a lot of people who are not so happy with you. So I think having that pressure is uh, is definitely uh, one of the driving forces of why I wanted to be a goalie. Thanks for joining us for yet another edition of History in the Making. Um, we'd like to thank our guest, Caden Primo, for joining us. Always have fun talking to Caden, a uh, young, smart player. And that's what I love about Caden Primo. He has that cerebral approach that I think will serve goaltenders so well, especially in a market like Montreal. Don't forget, every week we jump uh, from French to English, from the Français en Anglais. Next week, uh, the podcast will be L'Histoire s'écrit. La semaine prochaine, on parle à Daniel Jacob entraîneur du, des défenseurs du Rocket de Laval. Donc, euh, n'oubliez pas, la semaine prochaine, l'histoire s'écrit. Uh, that's it for now this week. Don't forget, rate us, like us, do all that fun stuff online that makes us feel good. Let us know what you think about the episodes. And uh, we'll be back next week. Go Habs, go! Go Habs, go!